0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Stadium Drive podcast. I am Alex DiCapua here with Wyatt Dossie. And Wyatt, let's just start by getting into a little bit of what we do. You go ahead and lead us off.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Wyatt Dossie. I'm a uh, 27 year old sports broadcast producer from Lakeland, Florida. I'm a proud Florida State alumni. I actually graduated back in 2017. And I was a freshman on campus in 2013 when we won the national championship. And I said, you know what, I'm never going to leave. I'm just going to stay here and cover sports. And uh, I've had the privilege of watching a lot of great sports moments uh, since coming here. And uh, I just want to share some of those experiences with y'all and hopefully uh, give you some access to some of the great players and coaches uh, on campus.
0: Definitely. And uh, I came in when Wyatt was in his senior year. I came in in 2017, so I've seen nothing but losing, but we're finally on the come up, so that's awesome. Um, I, you know, am working for Seminole Productions at Florida State, working with our broadcast team. I do a little bit on camera, a little bit behind the scenes, and just try to get in anywhere that I can. Um, But I am definitely so excited to be doing this podcast here. Wyatt, I couldn't ask for anybody better to do it with. Um, so without further ado, like, we got to get started. I think what I am most excited about with this podcast is just kind of using our ability, like with, you know, our job and in the scoop that we're able to have and to bring in to bring to the fans, I think is so exciting. So I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to just get some good stuff out there that, you know, maybe not everybody has access to.
1: No, I agree. Couldn't, couldn't agree more.
0: So, well, here we go, right? Football is nine and three. We had a nine and three football season. Wyatt, how does it sound just to hear that we had a nine and three football season in 2022?
1: You know, honestly, I, I, did, I did think, and I don't have it on record, obviously, because we're just now starting this podcast, but I did say I projected an eight to nine win season when the season started. I didn't think it was going to happen the way it did, uh, but beating the Gators to end the season uh, and going bowling is a great uh, third year for Norvell
0: yeah absolutely and I think you know we've seen that culture really come up in the stadium you know it's it's rare that we can have something where we work right next door to these guys but you see it every day Norvell is in there greeting everybody coming in saying good morning if it's five o'clock in the afternoon doesn't matter he is just all energy all the time and you can tell how passionate he is and it's just so awesome to see that he finally got to build his program bring his guys in bring his key transfers in and really transform the program.
1: Yep. The guys have totally bought in. You know, he's really rebuilt this team through the transfer portal in a day where that's kind of the new thing in college football. It's you, you find guys off teams that aren't happy or are bad situations, not getting playing time and you give them an opportunity to perform. Uh, you're seeing Jermaine Johnson did it last year. He's the first round draft pick. Jared verse having a season where he's putting himself in the first round conversation. So guys know that they can come to Florida state and play for Norvell, uh, and turn their careers around. And on top of that, he's bringing in some great recruits from the, you know, from these recruiting classes out of high school. And I don't know, it's just really starting to come together for him.
0: Yeah. I have chills. I'm just so excited about it. Um, let's get into first and foremost, just, you know, this game that happened on Friday, we're recording on Sunday, Friday night was electric. Um, Wyatt I don't know about you I didn't work that was that was one of the first games that that I didn't work so it was so exciting to be there as a fan from kickoff to you know 80,000 people leaving the stadium, Um, but just just for you to start you know what was your biggest takeaway from this. I
1: think the biggest takeaway for us is, is that we, we, we've now won the state of Florida. It's the first time we've beaten Miami and Florida in the same season since 2016. So for Norvell, after a disappointing three loss season, you know, not being able to compete for an ACC championship because we lost those three in the middle of the year, but to finish the year winning against both of our rivals and kind of securing that state from a recruiting standpoint, I think was huge for us. Um, we have bragging rights for the, for the next full calendar year. Um, and you know, Florida state riding high after such a big win. I know it was a shootout and was a little bit closer than I think some people expected, but a huge win for the Knowles. And it was great to see Doke rocking, uh, on a primetime game.
0: Definitely. I think that this season was the first time where we had multiple games where Doke was sold out and when we were winning, right? Like, I just think that there's nothing like it. And everyone knows that the broadcasters come in and know that like the, Doe Campbell Stadium is really something of its own. And it's just so awesome that, you know, the team is finally winning as well. And, you know, we couldn't do any of it without Jordan Travis, who has totally come into his own this year, is such a leader, such a locker room guy and has been fantastic on the field. So just talking about Friday alone, Wyatt, he was 13 for 20, had 270 yards, one touchdown, then 83 rushing rushing yards and two touchdowns with that. I mean, so good, not to mention zero interceptions. He has just evolved so much as a player. I mean, if you look at where he was last year, kind of competing with Mackenzie Millen was still QB1 but it kind of depended on the day and neither of them were really that guy and now to see Jordan Travis come with so much confidence too you see in his in his post game interviews or in his practice you know post games that hear his practice post post practice interviews that he is just so much more calm and confident and ready to win. Even when he was on that three game losing streak, he was very good at putting the weight on his back and saying, You know, I know that I need to be better here. And he's stepped up and he's really proven it. So, you know, what can you say about j Trav?
1: I think j Trav has done a phenomenal job. And I think a lot of that confidence is coming from the coaching staff, Norvell, uh, Coach Atkins, putting a system that around him that makes sense for his game, right? Uh, early in the season, you saw a lot of us moving the pocket and getting him out with his legs, but not asking him to play hero ball. I feel like in years past, it was a lot of drop back, nobody's open, take off for 15 yards, take off for 20 yards, and you kind of had to play a little bit more reckless. Now we're designing an offense that uses that movement, but he's really taken the next step as a passer as well. When we dropped him back in the pocket, obviously we have a lot better protection this year in the offensive line, but he's really evolved as a passer going through his progressions and making the right reads. Um, I think Travis has taken a huge step. Uh, I think last night uh, or the other night against Florida, I think, was a Heisman caliber moment. Like, that's a game you see a kid that wins a Heisman have. Obviously, the season wasn't complete, so I think he's going to be in that discussion this year. But I think that type of performance is something you see from a top quarterback in the country.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's such a good point that you bring up, you know, cause I just don't know, you know, the real insides of, of football like that, but what you say about coach Atkins and how they've really redesigned this playbook for him is such a point that I really didn't even think about. You know, I'm just out here thinking that he is growing and evolving as an athlete. And in reality, yes, that is so true, but he is also given the tools to make it all work. And he does have so many weapons on offense and like, what does that mean as a quarterback to be able to have all those tools working pretty much all season.
1: I think it's just a matter of you just have the support. Now you can lean on your playmakers. I think even just establishing a running game, like that's something we had struggled with for several seasons. uh, After that championship drop-off, we just didn't have the offensive line up front to create those running lanes, but also you got a a stable of running backs. Now you got Trey Benson, Lawrence Tofele. um, Treshawn Ward at the beginning of the year sprinkling some C.J. Campbell. I mean, we've got everybody on the team can tote the rock. And the way the offensive line's played um, and the way that we've established that ground game takes so much pressure off Jordan because, again, yeah. he's not yeah. the passing attack and the rushing attack at the same time. Yeah. It's a complete team effort on offense.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And it, it's great to see his accuracy improve so well on, on passing too. I think that – I mean, it's just – I think overall just very impressive and exciting to see – the improvement in so much working because no matter what we had gone through in the season, it was never really a question of the offense, which like you said, we just can't say in years prior.
1: Yep. I agree. I I think that that was, it's always been our, our Achilles heel was, can we, can we score enough points? I think our defense historically, we have guys like Brian Burns. You had guys like Derwin James, um, Jermaine Johnson last year, Um, talented players on the defensive front, but just, we just the inconsistency at the quarterback position. We finally have it, and, yeah. and Jordan has been fantastic. He's completely evolved and, and changed our team. But to transition to talk about some defense, I think a lot of people yeah. are going to look at that final score and they're going to think, Oh, 45 38, that's that's too many points to give up in a rivalry game. But I want to yeah. lead with the second half adjustments in the third quarter. We outscored them 13 or sorry, 17 nothing in the third quarter, forced three straight punts to start the second half. I think what we were able to do to make Anthony Richardson, who's a top five pick, and according to Booger McFarlane, a first round quarterback uh, prospect, made him look a little rattled in the second half. Um, and I really thought our defense played fantastic in that third quarter and was really one of the reasons we were able to pull the game out.
0: Yeah, and I really want to com- commend Norvell on that as well. You know, he's talked about going into halftimes and saying, what we've played like in this first half, does not have to mean that this is what we are going to play like in the second half. He's very good at holding the team accountable in those locker rooms and getting them back on track to come out in the second half. And I agree when we were watching, you know, the first half, it was kind of like, why are there so many lanes open on defense? You know, what's really going on here? Why isn't it clicking like it has this, you know, the last three or four games where we've held the teams to less than 20 points. So it's definitely it was great to see them respond in that locker room and then come out with the fire ready to win. And I think that that also goes down to the culture.
1: Yep. hundred percent. You know, they, they, I love the way Norvell brings his team together at the end of each half. He always, and if you're a four state fan, you know, this, but yes. he always brings his team together puts them in a group and he, and he has like a pre, a pregame speech to the, the halftime speech. Like he yeah. that and he, uh, he brings them all together. He, he gets them mentally locked in and, and focused on him. I would love to be a fly on the wall. I'd love to be in that circle and hear what he has to say, but whatever he does say clearly gets that team settled before they go in and have their, their adjustments in the second half. You know, so I we feel are, like, and I'm not, I'm not positive on this, but I feel like they break into their position groups. They listen to their coordinators but it's kind of his chance to address the entire team before that happens.
0: Yeah. And I think that he also does a good job of communicating with his coaches. I think that they're all on board with it too. So, you know, even when they're breaking up into those position groups, they're all talking the same thing, you know, they're all yeah. on point with each other and you can tell in, in, and you know, just something that I've noticed as well is in years past, we've kind of seen a little bit of a, a blame game because that culture is not on point and Norm Bell wants nothing to do with that ever you know he's brought it up you know if you're if you are a player that is feeling that way you're not playing and I think that that has been just just so huge um to see and you know we should really shout out our sports cinema people I'm sure they have been flies on many walls throughout this season we should bring them out here to talk about what Norvell says in those huddles.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they've, they've heard quite a few things, some things that they're probably going to keep to themselves, but um, you know, just, I, I, I envy them for sure, because I I really do agree with you in the sense that the culture has changed. And I'm sure being in those rooms and seeing that change firsthand is just awesome. Yeah, um, Because, you know, again, when football's, when football's back and, uh, and we're clicking everything else where everything else, the sun's, the sun's brighter, the food tastes better when football is winning in Tallahassee.
0: Isn't it crazy though?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, we stormed the field. We stormed the field. People were, people were losing their minds. Social media is blowing up. And uh, we actually were able to pick out some of the best social media reactions we want to share with you all. Because social media was going insane after that win.
0: Yeah, um, this is, I think that, I mean, obviously I'm not in too many niche college sports fan Twitter universes. But I will tell you that Florida State fans come up with the best stuff. And I just think that we are going to have so much fun with this segment because the Florida State world is its own thing. So, But we had some really, really good ones for this game. We could have probably picked up 20. So our first tweet
1: comes out from Twitter handle, at not that Rawlings, and just take a look at what he says here. Seniors at Florida State saw a 36-year-old bowl streak snapped. A coach fired, five losses to rivals, and three straight losing years. Are you surprised we're having fun tonight rushing the field? And that's, I think that's, I think that's a perfect, a perfect takeaway from rushing the field because I saw a lot of people were butthurt about it. A lot of people were upset. But what was your take on rushing the field against a six okay. a 6 six?
0: Here's the thing. I rushed the field. I was there. I was on the field. Okay. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to try to pretend like I didn't rush the field. I hopped in eight foot concrete wall. We made it happen. I have scratches to tell the tale. Okay. But it was obviously just such an awesome experience. And seniors at FSU, yep, they saw a coach fired. Wyatt, we've seen two coaches leave. We have seen so. much with this team and to you know for this season to end like this and for us to come out victorious over Florida having crushed Miami three weeks ago you know it is just so gratifying to know that you know as a fan you stuck it out but also that we're so happy for those players that worked their asses off all season to bring us this product and they loved it just as much
1: I mean, you. if Florida fans want to be upset, win the game. If you don't want us to storm the field, win the game. That's all I have to say.
0: That's it.
1: That's We're it. allowed to celebrate. We're on our field. It's it's our stadium. If y'all want to go back to Gainesville and cry, go back to Gainesville and cry. And then here's uh, here's our our lovely Ja'Kai Douglas wearing the gator head. Uh, footage provided by our very own uh, Brett Nevitt, who oh, we will be man. talking to a lot during baseball season. But look at, I mean, look at the reaction.
0: Just so excited. He loves it. And you know, he's one that's been on this team a few good years now. He's seen it all this. That was a huge moment for him.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he's one of the characters of our locker room. One of the guys that's always dancing. He's always got a new touchdown celebration. Yes. Uh, He does the, what looks like a leprechaun style dance, (laughs) not, not quite the gritty, but something a little bit, you know, in that neighborhood, Uh, Jakai having a great time. Um, Also, no fans getting the attention of some, some professional athletes in the league. How about Trey Benson taking a squat on the Gator head and Lamar Jackson having some words.
0: You gotta love it. I heard you can't whoop them boys in black air forces. Let's go.
1: But he did hundred yards on 20 carries. Uh, Trey Benson has been awesome.
0: I was going to say such a special player. He is so awesome. Broke a thousand yards this season. And He has just been, you know, I think that we started the season right where it was like really Treshawn Ward was that guy, you know, unfortunately he got hurt and Benson stepped up, you know, we knew that the talent was no question, you know, you know that they have the talent, but for him to really step up and prove all season that he was that guy was so awesome, and you love to see that he made it through the season healthy and so deserving of that post. So I'm happy for him, and I'm happy that Lamar Jackson shouted him out. You can't love it much more than that.
1: And uh, one of the one of the traditions of Mike Norvell's era is smashing the rock after a big win. So <laughs> we took the liberty of giving you some footage of us smashing the Gator rock. There's Jordan Travis with the sledgehammer. Just Mike so Norvell gets into the action, and then he calls out Josh Storms, Coach Storms.
0: Strength and conditioning, God.
1: And the video is great, but I mean, look at the faces. I mean, just this, these are just, these are excellent.
0: Just so excited. The cigar.
1: Yeah, Derek McClendon with the cigar, the Joe Burrow look. But I mean, is there a better strength and conditioning coach? I, in the country?
0: Wyatt, what do you think he did that day? I'm telling you, this man is ripped.
1: <laughs> he looks like a Viking warrior. He's just straight tatted from... Left arm, right arm, got the got the a beautiful beard. I just mean, just special guy. He's 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 top one percent in strength and conditioning coaches <laughs> in the nation, no doubt. Uh, but I think the best the best reaction. I don't know this kid's name. ESPN needs to pick him up and let him call games right now. This is this is exclusive video. I'm going to stop talking because I want you to hear the greatest call of any of any play you'll see all season long.
0: So special. I'm getting ready to jump up and down whenever the Noles score to make it even 21-21. Jordan Travis has the ball, and it's done
1: I don't know who that kid is, but somebody hire him.
0: I think he's been through more with Florida State football than us.
1: <laughs> he knows nothing but losing. He's too young to even know that we used to be good. He, the only thing he remembers is is the last Jimbo season till now. That's all he knows. That was oh like ten my years God. of ten years of frustration let out in that place. <laughs>
0: Nobody understands like him and his best friends, okay? That is a special, special, special video.
1: Yeah, incredible. Uh, The Beefo Brady crowd, I mean, we're just... They were losing their minds. I'm sure there was some families in there that were like, can you just please sit down? We're trying to enjoy the game. And he no, that's actually of
0: it. Parts As he's going in his 360, you're seeing a lot of people just sitting there. It's not like everybody's erupting, going crazy. No, not at all. He's just the party of one, really.
1: Incredible. I mean, that's... That was awesome. I, our friend Tucker Pierce at Sumner Productions uncovered that, showed to me the next day, and I was like, "We gotta, we gotta show this kid. We yeah. gotta get this kid some love." But as we as we wind down in the Florida State football season, we only have one game left on the schedule, and we don't know what it is yet. We're still waiting on bowl season to to hit all the conference championship games to be played. Um, I think we were in line potentially for an Orange Bowl bid until Clemson lost to South Carolina uh, last night. So. Uh, we're kind of now in a position where we're waiting to see what bowl we're going to get in. I think the latest projection had us in the Cheez-It Bowl, which sounds awesome. Um, but uh, what are your expectations for bowl season, Alex? And um, would you be happy with just any bowl game and getting to potentially 10 wins?
0: Well, yeah, I think that <laughs> as much as, you know, the Orange Bowl would have been awesome, you know, Clemson losing kind of... I kind of, the, the point that I'm trying to make here is that we still lost those three games. Yeah. We still lost those three games. And, you know, just because Clemson, you know, unfortunately lost a second game, you know, doesn't necessarily take away from, you know, what what we did either. You know, we adjusted to that adversity, though. We responded and we pulled out the season so well and I don't think it really matters what bowl game we go to because I think that everybody knows what this team put in. And, you know, whatever bowl you play in, it's going to hopefully be a good game. Um, and it's going to be with a team that, that can contend with us. So I think that no matter what the bowl is called, doesn't matter to me.
1: Now, the good news is you're looking at potentially playing the second best team. In another power five. Mm-hmm. So you're at the second best Big 12 team, the second best uh, Pac 12 team, Big 10 team, as opposed to playing like the third or the fourth. Because we're higher ranked than North Carolina, we're not playing like, you know, Kansas State, or we're not playing like, you know, trying to think of the third team in the Pac 12. Exactly. Uh, but we're, as of right now, I think the last projection I saw us was Cheez It Bull versus Texas, or Texas potentially, Tech? or yeah, Texas Tech. Um, I think I did see a projection with us with Texas as well. Um, but I mean, even if we drew Texas tech, I mean, that's a, that's a good bowl game I and mean, that's yeah. a, that's a brand that everyone recognizes. And, you know, we get a 10 win, t- a 10 win season off of that, off that bowl. It would be just awesome for us to continue to build. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we'll look back probably as no fans in a couple of years and be like, dang, this team was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, those three losses hurt a little bit more because <laughs> of what the team could have been. I think we're ranked number 14th right now. We're playing some of the best football of any team in the country. And I think we're peaking at the right time. It just stinks that those three losses earlier in the year are kind of holding Mm -hmm. us back.
0: Yeah. And like earlier this week in Jay Trav's post-practice presser, he talked about, you know, how he's, they're playing their best football right now. And like, that's, what's so crazy is like, you know, I'm ready for more football, like, let's keep it coming. And now it's like, man, it's, it's really over. And that's the thing with football, you know, it really does come and go so quick, even though it's a long season, even though they work hard day in and day out to play for us on Saturdays. It is just crazy that now, you know, they've gone through all the growing pains have come out, you know, on top. And, you know, now it's see you next year after this bowl game.
1: Yeah, but it's, again, a great, a great way to Norvell to end his third year. Trajectory all the way up. Recruits yeah. see what he's done. Recruits see that we own the state. Uh, and a bowl win uh, against a top team, a top power five team, is the exclamation point. Uh, and I think, it, I think it keeps guys that may be on the fence about going to the draft, maybe guys that aren't surefire first, second round picks. They might come back. Um I think Jordan Travis still has one more year of eligibility so he may he may circle the wagons and 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 run it back one more time which it would be awesome.
0: Totally. Um
1: keep some of the guys on defense to come back. All, all of our offensive players are still eligible to come back. We don't have any like major seniors on the offensive side so um just add them recruits, add them yeah. transfers in, and let us run this thing back.
0: Absolutely. Let's bring in some more and get on up. That's right. Well, that's a wrap on football. And next week, we will have a lot on the docket Florida State soccer on the warpath heading into the College Cup. And we've got women's basketball being great, men's basketball trying to find a way. All of it is coming up on Stadium Drive. We are so excited to bring it all to you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in for this first episode. And for Wyatt, I'm Alex. As always, Joe Knowles. Joe Knowles.